All right, so Matt, you know we're doing all these home improvement projects and stuff around the house. Well, one of the things we decided to do was put up a beehive. So Really? Yeah. So I went to an aviary today to buy some bees, and I was like, well, we'll start small. So I, I ordered a dozen bees, and after they give them to me, I realized that there's 13 in there. And they said, oh, yeah, we always do that. That's the freebie. <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> man a long time to get there it did it long <laughs> long lead up to nothing right <laughs> good evening everybody and welcome to the graveyard thank you for joining us tonight my name is adam and my name's matt now pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is graveyard tales (laughs) all right everybody here we are again matt how you doing tonight brother i'm good i'm good good fish tacos for dinner tonight nice i'm ready to roll nice there you go <laughs> good good thing we don't have a smell a pod i don't want to smell that as we get going <laughs> fish tacos are all right man <laughs> now the black beans are a different story right right that that'll cause you some problems <laughs> no no i'm i'm good i'm good how about you i'm doing all right just busy and tired today so if you hear me snoring just wake me up we'll keep going <laughs> It's because I'm boring him to death. <laughs> right. No, it's because I've just uh, home improvement stuff. I'm semi-joking in the very beginning there in the cold open, but we are doing a lot of home improvement stuff, so I'm I'm tired today. But like we always say, it's good to be in the graveyard, good to be recording in some semblance of normalcy, and right. it's kind of refreshing, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah, this is my, this has become my haven. Mm-hmm. My fortress of solitude. <laughs> there you go. It kind of wakes me here. up too, you know. So, dad's recording. Don't go out there. Yeah, that's it's nice. Stay <laughs> stay at least twelve feet away. You know? That's right. <laughs> but we want to thank Podbelly Network. Um, we are proud to be members of the Podbelly Network. Go check them out at podbelly.com. You can find some shows that you'll probably really enjoy. And you can find out how to record a podcast if you're looking to do that uh you know everybody and their mama's wanting to start a podcast and you've got to know how you got to know you know the best software the best mics and all that and podbelly has information for you on that uh we also want to thank tonight's sponsor amc shutter we'll talk about them more a little bit later now matt that's all i got for the intro very short intro this time so i know the people probably feel gypped. Some of them are probably happy, <laughs> but some of them probably it's feel gypped. Split right down the middle. Yeah, right. Talk more about senseless crap. Right. I want to hear about <laughs> stuff that doesn't pertain to the episode at all. But all right, tell us what what are we talking about tonight, Matt? Okay, so tonight we're gonna we're gonna keep it weird, Portland. There you go. Um. We uh we are going to discuss what uh, you know. This is another one, Adam. It, uh, you know, I've, everything I'm reading about this topic tells me that Portland is one of the most haunted cities in America. Right. 
Right. It's like every state has a most haunted city in America. I think so. Um, but, you know, from what I read, that Portland may may live up to that title. Um, we're going to take a peek at one of Portland's most um, unique uh, attractions, I guess you could say. Yeah. We are going to be talking about the Shanghai Tunnels. And just talking about tunnels in general kind of gives me the the heebie-jeebies because I, <laughs> I, I I'm not I'm not a big fan of being underground. Right, I understand. But um, but but these tunnels they it, it was a network of tunnels, um, under under a certain area of the city, um, r- rumored to have stretched out for miles. But um, there's part of them that's still open. Um. Much like the Paris Catacombs, you're you're not going to get real deep, mm-hmm. you know, when you take the tour. But, um, you know, they there there's a lot of history and a lot of stories. Oh yeah, and some people say a lot of hauntings that ha- happened down there. So, uh, so that's what we're going to kind of get into. But the, but the history is is very interesting, and and the myths and the legends that come along with the idea that there's a lot of those these tunnels that were under these businesses and under the streets in Portland, Oregon, um, you know, what were they for? We're going to touch, we're going to touch on that. We're going to dig into some of the history and some of the interesting characters and stories around them. And we're going to talk about what may still be going on, uh, under the streets of Portland. So, so Adam, tell us about, uh, tell us about these tunnels. All right. So first we got to say, you know, Matt and I talking about this and, there's confusion around these tunnels and and i think anything that's been around for a while there's going to be confusion around unless you have you know proof that you can hold in your hand there's going to be legends one way and legends the other way and like we always say if you want to keep going on this topic after we're finished go check out the sources in the show notes down at the bottom um but we found conflicting stuff in the history, and we'll, we'll yeah. touch on that. Um, you know, the the Portland Underground got a, I guess, a boost in popularity here in the past few years because a, a, a very popular ghost hunting TV show did something there. But we find some different stuff than they do. You know, we find some of the same history, but then... We don't take it <laughs> quite like they do, you know. <laughs> so it, we don't it, take it as gospel. Yeah, right. You know. <laughs> so l- let's get into it a little bit. Portland, Oregon, um, has a nickname of the Forbidden City of the West. Now it's a riverfront town whose beginnings, a lot of people would say, are like humble Victorian settlement, but it has a history that probably most don't know. Well, in reality, from 1850 to 1941, it was considered the mo- one of the most dangerous ports in the world because of the Shanghai trade. So you ask, what is Shanghai? Well, the Shanghai, right? And yeah, people have heard it. I know they've heard yeah. it, but they oh, may yeah. not. You know, you you can hear something and have even repeated something and not know exactly what it means. I well, heard it in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah. And so as a kid, you would you would use that and not exactly know what it meant. Well, 
the the way we're going to be talking about it now is that the term shanghaiing refers to the capture and sale of able-bodied men and women to ship captains who are in need of extra crew. So that's that's the way we're going to be using it uh, tonight. There's yeah. you know other definitions of just move unwillingly taking somebody to a place like you know uh, Ashley shanghaied me into going clothes shopping. You know, but, (laughs) you know, so you can use it in different terms. Feel free to use that one. You can tell your your wife or husband they shanghaied you into going somewhere. But we're going to use it is as the term of selling to a ship captain, you know, unwillingly. Yeah. And, you know, part of the reason that this became a common practice was the gold rush. The gold rush took so many men that were seeking fortune that would have done so on a ship, mm-hmm. you know, took them north, uh, in some cases up to Alaska, took them, you know, down into California in, in search of their fortune in gold. And so these ship captains were left with basically skeleton crews. Right, and right. They they didn't have enough uh you know, to make an overseas journey and people weren't really out there volunteering to go. Yeah. So it's a hard life. They got voluntold to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this article says that stopping for a drink in such nostor- notorious establishments as Erickson's Saloon, the Snug Harbor Saloon and the Valhalla Saloon, um, you know, people would become unsuspecting victims who ended up finding themselves beneath the streets in tunnels and being carried out to the waterfront and sold for, quote, blood money. Now, Portland earned the reputation of being one of the Shanghai capitals of the world because of the uncontrolled Shanghaiing of unsuspect, unsuspecting men in Portland. So the men who fell victim to this were primarily sailors, loggers, cowboys, sheep herders, those who worked on the river, and quote, others who lived a wanderlust life, end quote. Um, so people that didn't have, you know, the wanderlust life, they, they didn't have roots. Right, yeah, that, that's what I was going to say, roots. Yeah, so they, you know, they right? would traveling and no nobody there really that would miss them. And they said all of these types of people were the ones that they would Shanghai because they are hard workers. You know, they they played hard, they worked hard, and during the play, playing hard, they could find themselves in the clutches of these Shanghaiers and crimps, because uh, crimping was another term for Shanghaiing. Um, crimping. Crimping. So not like crimping the edge of paper, but like <laughs> crimping you off into a ship. Um, <laughs> now, these people would be forcibly grabbed off the streets. For the most part, occasionally they would be slipped knockout drugs in saloon, pool hall, or gambling parlor drinks. So if you're in there drinking, you might get a knockout drug, and then you would wake up on a ship. Yeah, I I read the term knockout drops. Yep. Now what? Wonder what that was. I don't know. <laughs> knockout don't know. drops for that you know, time. You go, you go into the go to the drugstore and be like. Man, you got any knockout drops back here? Yeah, mm-hmm. on aisle seven. Yeah, right. It, it's the Shanghai aisle. 
you know. <laughs> yeah. It's right. It's right next to the rope. Yeah. <laughs> right. And the shackles. Yeah. You find the knockout drops. Yep. Knockout drops. <laughs> Patent pending. Um, now they were hauled out of opium dens as well, um, and houses of quote prostitution, um, or they were apparently dropped through deadfalls or trap doors that were conveniently situated in a wide array of these type of establishments. Now, the men would wake up to find themselves at sea already and forced to work as crewmen on a ship headed to a distant port. So they they were already out at sea by this time. What what are you going to do? That's you right. Know? What are you what are you going to do? And like, oh well, you could swim back. Yeah, you're you know? hours out to sea already, and you're like, well, Good crap. Yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah, I've got no choice. You're stuck. Yeah, you know. So you might as well make the best of it at that point. I guess so. Now, women in early Portland's history also had to be cautious of venturing into certain areas of the city like that because they would be captured and sent to these faraway ports and cities and sold into the sex trade. So women were also Shanghai'd. It wasn't just men, but, you know, they they were Shanghai'ing them for different purposes. Right. Now, San Francisco was also considered one of the world's capitals of shanghaiing a century ago but portland at times rivaled the bay area for its kidnapping and selling of men um according to richard h Dillon in his 1961 book shanghaiing days so if you're interested go check that out um he's got a book called shanghaiing days that talks all about that so we 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 mentioned the deadfalls so what are the tunnels that these deadfalls are attached to. Well, the Shanghai tunnels are a series of passages connecting various businesses like bars and hotels to the Willamette River's waterfront docks. Now, they were used from mid-19th century through to early 1940s. So they got a lot of use there. Yeah. Now, along the, the Portland waterfront from north from the north end, which is today's Old Town Skidmore Fountain and Chinatown to the south end, which is today's southwest downtown area. The Shanghai tunnels ran beneath the city all over, like in just a, a zigzag wavy pattern all over that area. And it allowed for this Portland underground hidden world to exist. Mm-hmm. So there was stuff happening beneath the streets that people had no idea. The average person had no idea was going on. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't just um, you, you couldn't just wander down there. I mean, right. it, it it wasn't like, hey, come on down to the, the the underground, you know, walk around and stuff. It wasn't like that at all. I mean, they were they were secret, but not so secret. You know, the right. people that knew about them were the people that utilized them, and a lot of times they were not savory characters. Sure. Um, you know, they, they were either involved in organized crime or some other type of illegal trade mm-hmm. that they couldn't carry out above ground. Sure. Um, now, I mean, there's a lot of evidence that they, they were used for um, le- legitimate businesses in order to get products to and from the docks 
you know, to these businesses without the hassle of having to, you know, get them across, you know, a busy city street. Right. That's what they say is that avoiding the streetcars and traffic of the Chinatown and Old Town areas, as well as like muddy weather and everything, these tunnels allowed for you to be able to do that. And that that's the other thing about the tunnels is the only entrances left really are in establishments. So a lot of these businesses around there, you, you have to like go to the back room and right. there, there's a, a little porthole or little small door that you can get into. And, and people have boarded those up over the years and they don't know they're there. And sometimes there's a random, you're doing construction. Oh, hey, I found an entrance to the Portland Underground. Yeah. You know, well, you know it's kind of like that in the catacombs in Paris. Mm-hmm. You know, there's entrances all over the city. Right. And sometimes you just happen upon one um, that's you know, either not monitored or anything, but, but Adam is right where there, there aren't really a lot of entrances outside of establishments now. I mean, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to go into a place and you're not just going to go and just wander in, I yeah. mean, you know, that you're not just going to be like, Hey, here I am. But, but there are entrances where you can access them for tours and whatnot. And, right. and you know, they, you know they they offer the tours and you can get down there and you can kind of see and hear a lot of the stories in the history right and you know like i said you're not going to just wander into these for the most part because you're not going to walk to the back of some restaurant during business hours and just you walk in the front door walk past everybody waving and then go disappear into the uh, <laughs> you're right there that's right yeah sounds hollow yeah. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Right. I found it. <laughs> yeah. Or I just I'm thinking about what are you the, doing? the other way where you're down there and you find an end, but it's blocked <laughs> off and you're trying to get out and you're just beating on the wall of some establishment and they hear this knocking Hello? for no reason. Hello? <laughs> yeah. Is anybody out there? Can you let me out of here? Right. It's like, Bob, do you do you hear that? That that guy is. There's somebody in the wall. Yeah. It, it, that don't really happen. No, no. <laughs> There's not enough foot traffic to be able to let that happen. But <laughs> there is a historian and author by the name of Barney Blaylock, and he kind of has a different take on this. Um, he's the author of the Oregon Shanghaiers Columbia River Crimping from Astoria to Portland, and this was written in 2014 and he asserts that the tunnels quote were built by the chinese back in the days when chinatown was the center of gang activity related to the different tongs um and you know the chinese secret societies now blaylock said that quote the gambling dens brothels and opium parlors of chinatown were connected to separate labyrinths with steel doors trap doors um and secret stairways that would lead down in the tunnels for escape into these far alleyways. Now, he says these were security measures designed for dealing with both rival tongs and police raids. He says, as opposed to smuggling unsuspecting folks into forced maritime labor, um, on they were used for these getaway tunnels. So, 
he's got a little bit different take. Um, you know, he 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 admits that shanghaiing and and smuggling like that happened, but he says it happened out in the open, sometimes in the light of day. So he said, a, 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 you know, basically these tunnels were for transporting stuff, mm-hmm. but it was for transporting opium and the drugs of the time into the dens and then for also getting away from the police when they raided an opium den, not for stealing people. So yeah, that, you, you go- that's our first contradiction there, you know. Yeah, you're you're running from the cops and you run into a bar that's friendly to you. Mm-hmm. You're like, I gotta disappear. Right. They they run you in the back room and then hit the hit the lever and all of a sudden you're boom, yeah down one of these deadfalls in the tunnels and cops bust in looking for you and you're gone. Yeah, they can't find you. You know, you know so I mean I don't I, I don't know that that's exactly how they were used. That's how I would use them. Right, exactly. If Matt had tunnels with deadfalls attached, you know he'd be using it for that. Yeah. Like, but like we were talking, uh, a great majority of these uh, underground spaces and everything have been filled in during a lot of public works projects. Yeah. So the vast majority of them, you're probably not going to have any evidence of or be able to get down in and see. Um, there's a few that have been left for historical purposes and and tours and stuff like that but we may not ever know the extent of how far these tunnels went and we may never know because uh, we'll we'll talk about it again here in a minute but the evidence for any of any of these activities is just not there um it's all conjecture yeah well Here's an article from Ashland Tidings, basically, to, to kind of sum it all up and uh, confuse us even more. So the so-called Shanghai Tunnels of Portland have been featured by travel writers, television shows, and the Portland, Oregon Visitors Association to lure an audience with tales of drunken and drugged men kidnapped and whisked underground to sell to 19th and early 20th century ship captains who needed crewmen. Well, the only problem is that the stories may be more fiction than fact. Portland area historians have found virtually nothing in their research to back up the notion that a tunnel network was used for drugging and kidnapping men or to, quote, Shanghai them as the name of uh, the Chinese city came to be used. Well, the city does have a history of the practice which is also known as crimping, like we talked about. But local historians say the first recorded mention of the tunnels didn't come until the 1970s, which was rather late, considering how long they were supposed to have operated. Now, quote, it's not good history, said Jacqueline Peterson Loomis, founder of the Old Town History Project and a history professor at Washington State University, Vancouver. Quote, it tends to obfuscate the real history, which I would argue is equally interesting and dicey. But Michael P. Jones said, he's, well, he's the founder of the Portland Underground Tour, so keep that in mind. Um, and he's the unofficial keeper of the Shanghai Tunnel story. He said that he stands by the dramatic accounts. He said he will release the proof 
with a forthcoming book and maintains that the city is just trying to cover up its shameful past, which he said persisted until the 1940s. Matt's poster behind him just <laughs> fell. It just went, Bleep. which just is twisted sideways. really weird. It's been up there for a while. so. And I'm just looking at the camera and I see it behind me. Yeah. And I caught, I was reading, so I caught it out of the corner of my eye. And I was like, what is he doing? Oh, that's perfect. But <laughs> the, uh, the, the Michael P. Jones book, here's the thing. Jones does have a book about Portland. Um, that I could find, and it's called Oregon's Historic Portland, a brief glimpse from early beginnings to the early 1950s. But that book was released in 1995, and this article was written on October 10th, 2007. I could not find another book of Michael P. Jones after 2007 at all to try to verify his claims. But he goes on to claim that this is all politics. This is how it was in the past and how it is today. To deny that this happened is part of its history. So he's saying that the, to denying the fact that these tunnels were used for that is actually the history of that area. Mm-hmm. That it was used for that and then everybody just denied it. Where, I mean, if you got a if you got tunnels under your city that you're kidnapping people in, you probably should deny it. Maybe. You know. Um, you know, it, yeah, it is an interesting history. And even without the stories of Shang, Shanghai, um, it's still very interesting, you know, that they were able to build this network of tunnels that oh, yeah. was, was useful, you know, for commerce and trade and everything. Um, what, even whether or not it was utilized by organized crime or, um, you know, low level criminals, you know, whether it was used for, uh, bringing women into prostitution or things like that, mm-hmm. it, it's still a very interesting story. And, and the, the thing is, is, I mean, the, the tunnels are real. They're there. I mean, you can visit them you can see them. So we know they exist. What, you know, the big question is, is. Did we take something that was well known in the area and just apply it to the tunnels because it would seem like a a reasonable idea? Right. You know, that if we're finding these deadfalls in bar type establishments and we know that to Shanghai somebody, they would, you know, get them drunk you know, knock them out, whatever, you know, loosen them up in some fashion so that they could, you know, control them a little bit better, you know, pushing somebody down into these tunnels where nobody would, would see you, um, transport them to the ship to sell them off. Sounds like a great story. I mean, it sounds like something somebody would do, but as Adam's out, I were talking before the show. There's no real evidence to sway it either way. Right. And I couldn't find in any of the research I did, I couldn't find that evidence, like any written evidence or anything like that, that legitimately pointed to, yes, it was for Shanghai. No, it wasn't. 
you know, there is evidence that these tunnels were used for some nefarious purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, there's evidence down there of rooms and, and, you know, like bars and stuff like that, that to keep what you would think would be people in or, or even like say a, a black market pet trade, you know, they, yeah. they, these tunnels were used for transporting stuff that they didn't want seen up up on the mainland, you know, uh, right. above the surface level. Whether right. that be people, drugs, animals, whatever. We know that much for sure. Yeah. But there's arguments over what it was used for. Was it legitimately Shanghai? Was it, you know, just for drugs as getaways and stuff like that? Or, or what? And, and the, you know, I... I'd wish there was historical evidence to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. But there's not. And we're kind of left with this who knows for sure. And we may never really know. But the cool thing about it is there was history in these tunnels. These tunnels do have a long history, which comes with a lot of stories that people have been telling and are still telling. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and even, you know, Michael P. Jones will, you know, one of the, one of the, the best stories that he tells is um, that how it would work where, you know, these guys would be at a bar and they would somehow, you know, get them away from the bar, away from the people, whether, you know, they, they got up, they wandered off or they lured them, you know, using, um, using a woman. To say, you know, hey, come back over here, you know, come back right. over here in the corner where it's not so, not not so many looky loos. We can go they, play a card game. Yeah, and so here the guy staggers over to the back corner, and somebody grabs him, and they throw him down one of these deadfalls, mm-hmm. you know, down the trap door, and there's guys at the bottom of the trap door waiting, and so bam, they get him, you know, they they beat on him a little bit, and then they throw him into one of these holding cells, right, you know. So they shove him into this little tiny, like almost like a little jail cell. In the images and in the videos, you see these things. They're really there. Um, and, and it looks like a, a big chicken coop, you know, and they, so they shove them in there. And what they would do is they would take their shoes. So they would take their shoes and then the kidnappers would, would sp- spread broken glass all over the ground outside Mm-hmm. Um, so that if they tried to escape, they, they had to deal with this floor covered in broken glass with bare feet. Right. And if they, even if they managed to get escape to, to escape, then the kidnappers would just have to follow the, the, the trail of blood. Right. And catch yeah. up to you. Okay. Now, reportedly there have been a lot of old boots that have been found buried in the tunnels where they've just been covered up over the years. You know, there's been almost like amateur archaeological digs where they have discovered these boots. Mm-hmm. And and so, eh, you know, you found some boots and it's going to tie into this story. So, it, it you know, it kind of makes the stories more believable. But you know, Which came first, though? Yeah. You, you know, know did the stories like, come first and then they found the boots or did they find the boots and then say, hey, well, here's what they could have done? Yeah. You know. Now, you know, th- there's there's... Varying 
numbers when it comes to this whole Shanghai thing. You know, some people say, you know, Adam Adam had dates. You know, that I've read that it from 1870 to 1917 was the was the Shanghai boom. Now it is reported that the the Portland Underground Shanghai somewhere between 1,500 and 3,000 people. It's, it's a, a lot it's of a people. lot of people. Yeah, and you know. Again, you know that may be may be skewed a little bit if we're talking about over that many years that people were just grabbed off the streets or out of dark alleys or whatever, and they were all attributed to you know being Shanghai and thrown in these tunnels, and and then of course and how do you, know, you know for sure you know right you don't, but you know I, again you know as we were talking I I think it probably was it, it yep. may not have been the the sole purpose um, and it. You know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's more than oh, one yeah. way to Shanghai some dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, if if it if the opportunity arises and you can grab this guy that looks like you know this is gonna be he's gonna get us some money. You know, we grab this guy in a bar and we throw him down a trap door and then we figure out a way to keep him down there and then we we run him through the tunnels out to the harbor and mm. uh, out to the port and you know we sell him to a ship captain. We're walking down the street. And we see some dude stagger into an alley. Hey, go over there and knock that dude out. He's going to be worth 50 bucks. Right. And we're going to grab him. And, yep. you know, we'll take him down to the harbor and throw him in a box. And when he comes to, he's going to be on a ship. Yep. But, and but I'm, fi- I'm like you, bucks. though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like you. I think that, you know, you, you touched on it as you were running through. I think they were probably used for that. Yeah. You know, they were probably used for a little bit of everything by the people that sure. knew, you know, so you can't, you can't completely deny like the Blaylock guy did that they were ever used for Shanghai. And you can't do that because you don't know. And why not use every available option? If that's your gig, yeah. use every available option you got for doing it. That's right, man. I mean, you know, chances are they got real creative. Oh yeah, how to, how to grab these people, you know, to get a male or female, right? But with with all this kind of action, all this kind of stuff going on, chances are, and and understand, they did not want to kill these people. They were valuable, Absolutely. alive. Okay? Right? They didn't want a, a dead man was of no value to them at all. So it was not their intention to kill anyone. But. Mm-hmm. You can bet they get somebody that's a little bit more rowdy than the last guy. You know, it's it it could quickly become kill or be killed. You know, you you, you jump some dude in an alley, and you know he's got a knife on him, and all of a sudden he decides he's going to fight back. Right, you're not taking me. Yeah, somebody may die. Sure. Okay? But with all that kind, and and especially with this idea that you know they. You know, the Shanghaiing involved, you know, the sex trade. Um, that's a lot of negative energy, and it's centered around not just the tunnels, but this whole part of town. Um, and, and it seems like a, a lot of areas, the tunnels included, held on to some of this mm-hmm. energy. So, how could they uh, not? A lot of people that visit the tunnels will report they just feel goosebumps when they're down there, almost as if someone is watching them from the shadows. Now, that's a that's a sensation that I think everybody has had at some point in time. Sure. 
But a lot of people report seeing an Asian man walking past them in the tunnel. Now, the the explorers have named this spirit Sam and and say that he is responsible for turning off the lights in some of the bar basements. Hmm. So the the bar basements that are along this area, you know, they're right there either a part of or adjacent to the tunnels and and a lot of times have access to them. And so right. they're saying that Sam will come up and turn the lights off. <laughs> yeah. Just and, messing you know, may, with you. Maybe even while you're down there working, all of a sudden lights go out. So That would be freaky if you're in an uh, underground basement at this bar and the lights go out and you're the, <laughs> the only one there. Yeah. I would always carry a flashlight if, oh, yeah. if I went down Absolutely. there. Absolutely. But one tour guide actually reported hearing a voice calling out the name Sam over and over again. He said it echoed through the tunnel and it scared his guests. But because his entire group of uh of customers was behind him he knew that it wasn't coming from one of them now he says that this was one of the most scary experiences of his life and others report they'll they have seen quick movements in the shadows and they feel ghostly fingers touching their shoulders and no one else is around now a lot of the tunnel tourists will say that sam is a good spirit and they look forward to to feeling his presence, mm-hmm. um, but but other tunnel spirits are known more as tricksters and pranksters, um, and they just like to have a good time with the people that venture down there. Now they say that these kind of spirits will often pull at your shirt tail or pull on your hair. In fact, one uh, one guest reported feeling a tug on her shirt right before she tripped. Now she wasn't hurt. But it was an experience that she said she'll never forget. Now, a lot of the ghosts in the Shanghai tunnels are reportedly friendly, as we said with Sam. Um, But, you know, you still got to be careful. Uh, Some people will say they get this feeling of unwelcome, you know, like something or someone is down there watching them very closely, like they don't belong there. Right. Now, now one, one visitor remembers that he could hear the sounds of what he described of childlike whistling just before he was thrown to the ground. Jeez. Can you imagine hearing? Yeah. <laughs> you're getting shoved down. I'd be like, your head's bouncing oh, hey, off the listen. floor. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. This tour sucks. <laughs> yeah. That would be or maybe awful. it don't, you know, maybe that's great. Maybe if I take a ghost tour and I get shoved to the ground by a ghost, that's the best. That's the best ghost tour of my life. You know, oh I yeah, know. that that would be enough proof for you. Yeah, that there was a ghost. Just don't push me down. Right. You know, t- you know whatever. Just don't push me. Push me into a wall, but don't push me. <laughs> knock me down <laughs> to the ground. Down. Yeah. Now, when when he fell to the ground, he said he lifted his flashlight, but there was no one behind him. And uh, this guy actually said it was the last time he was going to go visit the Shanghai Tunnel. So it was not a pleasant Probably experience smart. for him. Now, there is one particular ghost in Portland that is not only associated with the tunnels, but with a famous local restaurant as well. Now, Old Town Pizza sits directly above a portion of the famous Shanghai Tunnels and is reportedly haunted by a female spirit. Now... The spirit's name is Nina, 
and she is quite well known in the community. Nina reportedly lived in the area around the late 19th century. Now, like many women during this time, she had nothing to her name and really had no control over her life at all. Nina worked as a prostitute in the basement of the Merchant Hotel, which is the current Old Town Pizza. Pizza okay. and ghosts, man. Sounds like a sounds like our kind of place, you know? Yep. Be um, a good weekend trip. <laughs> she made enough to feed and clothe her 12-year-old daughter, but eventually she started looking for a way out. Now, right around that same time, Christian missionaries came to Portland in an effort to stop prostitution. So the, the upper-class church-going folks um, wanted to rid the city of sin, and prostitution kind of became their target. Yeah. Um, now, one day, a missionary approached Nina at the hotel. The missionary told Nina that he would get her and her daughter out of Portland. All he wanted in return was information that would shut down the brothel. Now, this sounds kind of crappy. Here you are. Yep. <laughs> you you need my help, obviously. But I'm only going to give it to you, <laughs> you know, if you, yep. if you help me bring these guys down. Right. And for, for her, too, it's like they you were able to make money there and they helped keep food on your table and now you're going to shut them down. Yeah. You know, it, it well, it's a, it's a shady proposition no matter which way you look at it. Exactly. Exactly. So Nina helped to, uh, you know, she did, she decided she would help this missionary because she wanted a better life for her daughter. And, you know, she kind of saw what, what was happening to her and, and it just frightened her that this was going to be her daughter's lot in life. So Nina spent some time bringing the missionary information about her clients and the general goings-on at the hotel. Unfortunately, after she began this relationship with the missionaries, the hotel staff found her body at the bottom of the elevator shaft. Mm. So this started a lot of rumors that Nina's pimp i hate i hate that term <laughs> but but nina's uh employer yeah there you go murdered her for betraying him now some people assume that it was an angry customer or maybe even a jealous lover uh, others believe that you know it could have been one of the the, the wealthy members of society that killed her to keep his secret safe. In right. fact, other stories say that the missionaries took her to the police, but the police at the time were, some of them, on the take. And realizing that she was about to spill the beans on an operation that might have been getting them some under-the-table money, you know, they took care of it. There's actually no record of any of that. Um. Uh, yeah. You know, the the only record actually of Nina's life is a brick that bears her name at the bottom of the elevator shaft. So hmm. we'll never know the real story behind her death uh, or who was responsible. Yeah. But 
Nina's daughter disappeared after that, and there's no records of her that were ever found. And like I said, the only record of Nina's life is the brick at the bottom of the elevator shaft. Now, patrons and staff of Old Town Pizza report seeing a woman wandering the building. A woman who floats through the restaurant and always wears a long gown. Now, customers, upon entering the building, will report smelling a woman's perfume. Well, that's not that odd. Not for a a busy establishment. Not for a restaurant. Yeah. Now, staff members have reported hearing feminine whispers coming from the basement before closing time. Now, that's That's a little little odd. odd. (laughs) (laughs) That's something you don't expect. (laughs) But, you know, as strange as that is, the, the whispers are usually low and soft and sometimes barely audible. But sometimes they are shrill as if the woman lost someone who she is still searching for even after death. Now that that's one of those that's one of those speculations. You know, yeah. It's the shrill cry of a woman who's looking for someone she's lost. Yeah, that's, that's reading a very I mean, specific cry. Uh, you have no idea how <laughs> you know, how, how to interpret this, but you're interpreting it anyway, you know. <laughs> Either way, they do say that they can hear a really shrill cry coming from the basement, and it sounds like a woman's voice. Now, one of the managers once reported hearing childlike laughter coming from behind the bar, and when he went to investigate, no one was there. So, all these kids shouldn't be in a bar anyway. Right, but right. Actually, you know, that it was a hotel first, so it may still be to them. Why, why are you bringing kid ghosts into a bar? I mean, I realize they're ghosts, but they're still minors and they don't need to be in a bar. That's right. That's right. You know, they're in there after the, the spirits. No um, ghost under 21, please. <laughs> I don't uh, care that you've been nine for 200 years. That's right. You're not allowed in here. You're still nine. Now, Mike Watts, a staff member, he said he, re- he remembers someone tapping him on his shoulder during his shift. And when he turned around, there was no one there. Now, others have seen a woman in a black gown going into the basement after closing time. Now, when they attempt to approach her, she vanishes into this wispy vapor thing. So Hmm. she's kind of poof and she's gone like a ninja. Right. The woman in black is said to be a friendly ghost. Now, sometimes she'll play with the children or move silverware from table to table. Other times you can find her circling the building late at night, peering into the darkness as if she's looking for someone or something. Now, one of the most interesting cases happened during a delivery to Old Town Pizza. Now, the delivery man said to the manager of Old Town Pizza that he got the scare of his life when a woman floated by him towards the stairs. He said the woman was made of smoke and dissipated in front of his eyes after going up the stairs. The delivery man told the manager he had never been more scared in his life. That's crazy. Soon after people started to see Nina, another woman in a white dress began appearing. Now, no one seems to know who she is, only that she has a mischievous presence. A guest report seeing the woman floating towards them as they enter the restaurant late at night. And sometimes she motions towards the basement where the Shanghai tunnels are. And oh, other yeah. times 
she'll rush through the restaurant. So here we got this woman in white that may be kind of beckoning folks down to the tunnels. You know, it's like, follow me. Right. <laughs> Come to your doom. Come on no down. Thanks. I've got knockout drops. Yeah. <laughs> There's glass on the floor. <laughs> it's a party. Come on. But, you know, like like most haunted locations, um, the tunnels have had their share of paranormal investigators visiting, hoping to find evidence of ghostly inhabitants. Of course, yeah. Now, Bob Chamberlain of Northwest Paranormal Investigations told our old buddy Zach Bagans on an episode of, of Ghost Adventures that while working with a group in the tunnel, a brick was thrown at him from the shadows. A brick. You sure it's not just an angry worker? Ooh, I don't know, but I mean that could do some damage. Yeah, it could. And and that's again, a powerful ghost too. I was if gonna it say can, that's that's a lot of energy to throw yeah. something as heavy as a brick. Yeah. You know, I mean we we've talked about this on other shows when we're talking about the the spirit being able to harness enough energy to actually move a physical object. You know, we're talking about rolling a ball or right. flipping a light on and off. We're not talking about hurling a brick. I mean, yeah. so that, I mean, that's some serious energy there. Now, Catherine Duncan from Trails End Paranormal explained that they have set up 13 sets of wind chimes throughout the tunnels. And she says the wind chimes help identify spirit energy. Now, she claims that she witnessed one particular set of wind chimes begin to sway and due to the lack of airflow in the tunnels, felt that spirit movement was the cause. So now making some wind chimes sway back and forth, that, that's, that's more like what we're, what we're commonly hearing when it comes right. to spirits being able to have an impact on a physical object. Um, right. But but either way, I mean, you know, both of these folks, you know, they they tell their stories and they seem, you know, convicted in them. Um, you know, they are both paranormal investigators. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, that it, it's a good story. Um, yeah. And at least with Bob Chamberlain's, he had two other people with him that witnessed it as well. Right. You and know, see, so, that's the thing. If If he didn't have that, I would say his is probably the least likely. Because right. of what it was, and, exactly. and I could see the 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 wind chimes moving um, more regularly, I guess, than I could, you know, manifesting enough energy to throw a brick. But with him having witnesses, then that kind of ups the credibility up there a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, it it does, and you know, I don't know the. These stories are great, and apparently the hauntings, especially at Old Town Pizza, still occur today. So, you know, I, I actually, if if you guys are looking to travel, um, and you want to check out what kind of haunted locations may be around, I'll tell you, this is one site that I always hit when we're doing a haunted location. It's TripAdvisor. Yeah. And I don't know if if that has just become the place for the the haunted reviews, but you can you can Google 
and ask if such and such place is haunted or or things like that. And the TripAdvisor reviews will will pop up. It's funny. I've I, I've noticed that too. It's and I mean, and they're weird. legitimate. I mean, yeah. they're legit. I mean, you can you can read them. And I'll tell you two places that we've researched that were, were had the bre- the the ble- the best TripAdvisor reviews: Gettysburg and uh, New Orleans. Yeah, you know both of those places. I mean, they had tons of TripAdvisor reviews with people that had experiences wherever it was they were staying. So. Um, TripAdvisor is going to get a big spike in their their numbers <laughs> now after this. Everybody's going to go check them out. Everybody's going to go check them out. Um, but Old Town Pizza also, you know, had several reviews. One of them mm-hmm. did say uh, the pizza is great. The atmosphere is amazing. Don't expect to see a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, again, you know, you you, I doubt very seriously you're going to be sitting in a crowded restaurant with you know, 75 people and look up and see a woman in a black dress float right. across the floor. Right. But doesn't you know, normally happen that way. If you're a staff member that's there after closing time cleaning up, then maybe you've got a shot at, at seeing it. Sure. So, you yeah. know, I, it's fun to say you've gone there and apparently the pizza is really good. So, you know, if, if, if you're from Portland or that area, you probably already know. Um, but if you're thinking about going up that way, I would say, you know, you, you can get a double shot, pizza and ghosts. You there know, you go. So it, down it's there. worth a stop. You <laughs> I'd know, say if you're so. in the area, it's worth a stop. Now, I've always heard, now, I don't know why, but uh, I'd like to know why. Why is Portland weird? What what makes it weird? I don't, I'm not saying that it's weird. I'm just, I, I'm, I have read so many articles about Portland in the last, you know, week and a half. Everybody says, yeah, Portland's weird. We like it. Yeah. Keep <laughs> Portland weird. Yeah. Like, well, tell me what's so weird about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it sounds like any other city. And um, but everybody up there I'm, just I'm weird. Yeah. Bunch of weirdos that live up there or. I think it's kind know, of, it, it, it must. And I don't know, but it must be kind of like a lot of these these cities where there's a there's a big um, there's a there's a big cultural atmosphere. Um you know, an art, an art and, and, and music type atmosphere, mm-hmm. you know, sort of like, sort of like downtown Nashville, although downtown Nashville is not that weird, but I mean, I think like Austin, you know, well, says Austin, you, Austin, I, I think downtown Nashville is weird. <laughs> it, it can, it can be, it can be. I don't think they promote it, but like, like Austin, Texas says it's weird. Portland mm-hmm. says they're weird. I just want to know. What makes you weird? Yeah. If you live up there <laughs> or have lived in Portland, tell us what is the weird claim to fame? <laughs> yeah, why are you, you know? so weird? We won't argue it with you. We we're just curious. Just curious. So, um, but anyway, I mean, you know, it is some really good history, um, and and I think the the Shanghai tunnels, whether you whether you buy in that they were used for this or not, it, it really doesn't matter. It's it's a fantastic story, um, right? You know, it, you know, not, not that, you know, the idea of kidnapping and everything, you know, is great, but you know, when we're talking about something that's well over a hundred years old and it's become sort of a, sort of a historical tale, um, it, it does make it a really interesting story and, you know, right. I, 
I, I think it's great. And if, you know, if it happened, I think the, the city of Portland ought to embrace it if that's the case, you know, because I'm, sure. you know, this is, this is something that happened and it's really interesting. Nobody's saying you had to be like, I'm, we're not promoting it. We're just saying, right. Hey, this happened and it was really strange, but this is where it took place. And so, well, uh, and then, you know, that makes me want to say, you know, what, what we always say is, what do you guys think? Any of you that live up there um, or have visited or anything like that, do you think the Portland underground is haunted or do you think it's just a creepy dark place that people, you know, put these hauntings on just because it's underground tunnels? And also, do you think Shanghai took place in the tunnels? You know, let us know. All right, Adam, let's take a moment and talk about Shudder from AMC Networks. Now, Shudder is a premium video service brought to you by AMC Networks, offering an unbeatable selection of expertly curated horror, supernatural, and thrillers, uncut and commercial-free, with exclusive and original titles you won't find anywhere else. Start your free trial today risk-free. That's right. Shudder is great. I love it. And you can actually stream great thrillers, horror, and suspense for only $5.99 a month or $56.99 a year. That's a great deal. And Shudder has the largest, fastest-growing, human-curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment, and they've been called the Netflix of horror, and I can see that. There are new spine-tingling thrillers, shocking horrors, and edge-of-your-seat suspense added weekly, so there's always something new to watch. Now, you'll have unlimited access to stream ad-free on all of your favorite devices. Yeah, that includes iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, Xbox One, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and Android devices. If you've got a device... You can stream Shutter. Absolutely. Now, Amanda and I have been Shutter subscribers for quite some time, mm-hmm. and we've talked about the show Discovery of Witches, um, which is based on a series of books that we read years ago and fell in love with. The show just as good. So, if like I said, if you're into into vampires and witches and demons, this is a show that you're going to love. It's it's well written, well performed. It's a fantastic show. And, you know, Adam, I'm not a big slasher horror guy. Right. But Shudder's got plenty of that. I really dig the suspense, that yeah. psychological thriller, that, oh, what is that guy going to do next? And then, bam, something just completely flips it. Shudder is full of those type of shows and movies for every taste. So, right. you know, if, if Friday the 13th is your gig, they got you covered. If... You know, something like uh, the hand that rocks the cradle is your is your deal. They got you covered, so right. you ought to really go check it out. And Matt, I don't know if you know this or not, but Three from Hell by Rob Zombie is a Shutter exclusive now. So if if you like Rob Zombie films, he's got an exclusive now on Shutter that you can go check out. It's Three from Hell. To check out Shudder for free for 30 days, go to Shudder, that's S-H-U-D-D-E-R dot com, and use the promo code GRAVE, 
G-R-A-V-E. That's right. Try Shudder for free for 30 days. All you got to do is go to Shudder.com, S-H-U-D-D-E-R, and use the promo code GRAVE, G-R-A-V-E. Okay, thank you guys so much for listening. And don't forget to go check us out on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We have a very active Facebook group. All you have to do is go search Graveyard Tales. Um, And while you're at it, you can check out our website. It's graveyardpodcast.com. And on our website, you can listen to the show. Uh, You can find links to buy Graveyard Tales merchandise. And you can become a patron. And we always take a moment to thank everyone who has donated cold, hard cash to support uh, our efforts. Absolutely. Um, Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. It brings us up the charts, and it brings more people into the graveyard. So, until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. Soon after people start, soon, uh, <laughs> hey, I got to rolling too fast. <laughs>